listener exclusive. It is Monday the 8th of August. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup and AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson and we are mercifully near the end of this crap bullshit season. Uh, Do we have to talk about football? Can we talk about something else? (laughs) I know that everybody is saying this is the greatest, you know, AFL season of all time. And I've got to be honest with you. Remember how the game like five years ago was a bit shit? Like, you know, it was just that rolling malls and like you were just like, oh, maybe, you know, we've got to take, couple of players off the ground or like, you know, and they brought in some of the new rules and everyone was like, oh, the 666 that'll ruin the game and the stand rule that'll ruin the game. And now the game is the best that I have seen it for so long. This is perhaps my favourite era of watching other teams play football. And the good news (laughs) is, Charlie, that for the entire final series, we are going to get to watch other teams play football. (laughs) Well, let's talk about... The most exciting team, and it sticks in my throat uh, to say this, but the Collingwood Magpies. Oh, oh my, my god. god! Like it's it's a phenomenon now, right? Like I, I, I yeah. watched something. It's a um, thing. Well, they statistically should not be beating these teams. Like they lose <laughs> every statistical category: contested ball, uncontested yeah. ball, inside fifty, inside fifties. <laughs> they lose everything, but they're winning games, and it's just like they should not have this power of God behind them. Of all the clubs in Australia. Like, what about the do better report? I mean, why are they being rewarded? Well, I think you're fine. There's one thing that that, they, that report was called do better, and since then they have done better. <laughs> they have done so much better. It is unbelievable, like, what they are doing at the moment. And we sort of touched on this earlier in the season, but I find it really interesting that Nathan Buckley is so all over, like, football media now. Yeah. And he has to be all over football media in a season in yeah. which his ex, his ex is doing so well. Like everything that wasn't working last year is working a treat now. And my reading of it is he seems to be very generous and very good-natured about it. But some part of him has got to be like, well, why couldn't they do this when I was a coach, yeah. right? Could they not have tried last year when we came 17th and I lost my job? <laughs> <laughs> like it's just – I saw – the. I think it was after the game on Friday, uh, Rui and Brownie and, and, and Bucks were on the panel and um, – they were saying to Bucks, like, you should probably head out. Like, you know, a guy like you should probably head out on the town after this. And he sort of gave this very muted response of like, yeah, yeah, I think I might. But mm. I reckon part of him's like, why would I want to go out and just like have people go, hey, Bucks, how good are the pies doing? How good are the pies that you couldn't even get to? You were leading a grand final for, what was it, 120 of like 123 minutes and you still couldn't win the thing? Now look what Fly's <laughs> doing. He's amazing. Can't lose from that close. Because <laughs> that's what I said to you when we were doing our tips. I was like, if Collingwood are close, Collingwood will win. But I don't believe that Melbourne will let Collingwood get close enough for Collingwood's magic powers to work. And I watched that game. Firstly, that first quarter of football was as exhilarating a quarter of football as I have ever seen. Like both yeah. sides were just peeing it from end to end. Like the level of skill and 
aggression and all that stuff around uh, old mate who made the comment about like uh, Collingwood being a one-trick pony and then Ed Langdon and then just got smashed by Maynard and then like nine other Collingwood players at the start of the game. Well, let's just have a little listen to the commentary around that because this is a perfect example of why Daisy Pierce is such a gun. Listen to the gibberish coming out of BT and JB and listen to Daisy just coming at the end and just mop up their mess. They come straight after him. They're looking for the duck, JB. There's his duck dinner right there. They have got in and they've given him chopped duck. So there's the answer. Did Collingwood talk about it during the week? I'd say so. (laughs) So you've got... DT and JB going, duck dinner, chop duck, duck dinner, duck dinner, chop duck. And then Daisy's like, well, I guess we worked out that yeah, Collingwood do read the papers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, BT was having real trouble coming up with anything around duck, wasn't he? He was just yeah. like, chopped duck? Is yeah. that even a thing that you have ever heard of before? It was <laughs> like chopped no. liver? Sure. But I've never heard anybody say chopped duck. That is chopped not duck. an expression. I'm- like Dwayne Russell would have been spewing. Dwayne Russell would have been watching right. that going, oh, come on, guys. I had like 12 duck puns just in the back pocket ready to go. Yeah, I mean, Dwayne Russell would have had a Daffy Duck impression to put into <laughs> this one. But quack, 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 quack. <laughs> They're getting quacking here at the MCG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was a great game to watch. And it, it feels, it's a weird feeling to be, like excited by Collingwood, isn't it? Or, do, or or to want good things for Collingwood. But there is just something about, I think it's, I think it is a coach thing. Like when Bucks was the coach of Collingwood, because he's fig jam Nathan Buckley, Brownlow medalist mm-hmm. Nathan Buckley. And back then his persona was much more, what would you say? Like he had a, a much more kind of stoic persona than he does now. Like you never really had that, that kind of goodwill. But with Fly, you're like, he seems like a dude who's just like, He's having as much fun as anyone else watching the Pies play. I mean, he loves it, doesn't he? He's like, well, he, he lo- <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't you love it? Like you're coaching one of the biggest clubs in the land. They apparently just can't be beaten. <laughs> 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 like it's just got to be so much fun because like even with his expectations, like, you know, he's a guy who experienced so much success as a player and obviously, you know, has gone through the coaching ranks, like earned this opportunity. But you're walking into a club that finished 17th, regardless mm. of the enthusiasm you have around the list and what your hopes and expectations might be for your first season coaching. There is no way, not even in his wildest moment of imagination, that Fly would have been like laying in bed in the preseason thinking that he could be where he is right now, is there? If he, if he actually thought that, he's delusional, but he yeah. would have been right. <laughs> well, I, I wrote something on Twitter over the weekend after watching that game, which is like it, what, what boggles my mind is Collingwood were not bad for long enough to suddenly have this kind of snapback. Yeah. Like you can understand that a team dips for a year or two, maybe get some drafts picks. It takes a year to learn a new game plan and then they're back within two years. I'll give a, a club two years, but they were really only bad for like less than a year to be this good, like 11 in a row good. It's crazy. You know what Collingwood also have become? They've become very good op shop uh, shoppers. You know how you've always got one of those friends who can like walk into a, like a, you know, an op shop where there's like a thousand pieces of clothing and yep. 998 of those pieces of clothing 
are worth nothing. They're just someone's old secondhand undies that they're selling at the op yeah. shop. But there are two things in there that are just complete pieces of fashion at a bargain price that nobody knows what they've got. Yeah. That's what Collingwood yeah. are like at the mid-season draft. They just yeah, roll the into mid-season drafts and just go, well, <laughs> he looks good. He looks good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to get some draft picks, going to put them in as role players. <laughs> They'll defend well, kick some goals. This is fucking awesome. It's weird that they added Ryan Lewis to their uh, drafting panel, but I thought it's, in retrospect it's been a good good choice. Uh, look, it's, it's been a feel-good round apart from everyone, unless you're a Blues Saints or a dog supporter. Um, let's go over to the West where one of our favourites, uh, Josh Kennedy, in his farewell game, not his final game, but his farewell game to the West. Absolutely love these kind of farewell games where everyone in the team just looks for that guy in every opportunity. I mean, he kicked eight, which is... Amazing. Like considering that he, I think in the pregame interview, he said he can barely walk. Like he's having a hard time actually getting on the ground. But it's just, it adds, in a, in a dead rubber game, it adds just so much excitement. It's like, how are they possibly going to manufacture this from halfback to get to Josh Kennedy? But they did, like at least eight times. And this is what I love about Adam Simpson. He seems to have had an understanding of what this year is for the West Coast Eagles. I don't think he's been particularly fussed by what's gone on. Like, he's recognised the circumstances and just gone, okay, here's what's going on. I'm not going to freak everybody out by panicking about this. We're just going to retire the players we need to retire. We're going to shuffle things around. We're going to, like, regroup and go at it again, like, in the long term. This is what I want in every retiring champion's final game. Like, I mean, okay, I understand if you're still in the run for the finals. Like, obviously, you've still got to, like, you know – do everything in the team at that point. But if you're in one of these teams where it's like, you know, we've seen this champion play like for their entire career, we want to, you want to see them do what they're famous for. Like in Jeremy Howe's last game, people yeah. should just set him up for pop hangers up. all day long. I want him to yeah, take, just pop like, it up. Literally. Yeah. 12, 12 hangers. Just like you've got yeah. a license to fly for everything. This is your final time. You know, yeah. buzz the tower, Jeremy. Buzz the tower. <laughs> yeah. In, in Jeremy Howe's last game, Mason Cox, yeah. no matter where 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 his opponent is on the field, has to be about yeah. ten meters in front of Jeremy Howe to give him a perfect step ladder. Like it doesn't doesn't matter, Cox. You just get in front of Jez so he can just take one last enormous hanger. Yeah, like for the entire game, like Mason Cox just runs around with Jeremy Howe. Jeremy Howe yeah. is always like eight <laughs> meters behind Mason Cox, yeah. and then the Collingwood players, you just get it to Nick Dacos, and I guarantee you, Nick Dacos will put it perfectly oh. a meter and a half above Mason Cox's head. And, and Jeremy Howe can win 12 cars in his final game. I mean, this is how good, like, Nick Dacos is. Like, he's making me want to watch Collingwood games. Like, that dude just doesn't miss a target. Like, he is so good with ball in hand. It's it, it just, it, But he's making me like Collingwood. That takes a huge amount of skill. That's, the, but, that's possibly, like, that. when they did his draft profile, it should be like, you know, good in close, good turn of speed, but will make you like Collingwood should have been the highest thing on his draft profile. It's his capacity to make good decisions is the thing that elevates him from, I mean, his skills are great. Like, you know, he's got speed and he's got great skills and all those sort of things, but it's his game sense. Footy footy smarts, would you say, Will? He's footy smarts. I think he went to the football university and graduated in (laughs) footy smarts because this kid, (laughs) In the same way as when Bontempelli gets the ball at the Bulldogs, you know that most of the time that ball is not just going to go to someone, but he's going to put it in a position 
Like the great thing about Bont is that he opens up the field because he doesn't kick the ball to the person. He kicks the ball five meters in front of the person so the person runs on and keeps like moving the board. That's what Dacos does. It's his first mm. season. He'll be in the All-Australian squad. He might make the fucking All-Australian team. It's his first season. Yeah. I mean, and clearly you can tell that like it's it's a specific to Nick because he's made his good decisions extend to his haircut. Like he hasn't gone his, yeah. he hasn't gone the Josh Dacos <laughs> haircut route. Like he's been smart enough to go, you know what? I know I'm a good footballer. I'm not quite at that level where I can I can rock that long mullet thing yet. The dad's mullet. The dad's mullet. Can I can I tell you what I do love about Collingwood? And there's yeah. a lot, I must admit, that I do love about Collingwood is Jamie Elliott, geez, you have to work hard to crack a smile with Jamie Elliott, don't you? He's, he's just like a real deadpan operator. And like by his yeah. fourth goal the other night, he actually like cracked a big smile and like was like cheering. I was like, even Jamie Elliott is happy, guys. I feel like I feel like Collingwood are really onto something. Oh, just back to JK for a second. Um, uh. Watching him play that game on Sunday, it's funny like he's stuttering runner which, you know, I guess, you know, was a sort of topic of discussion once upon a time, but then we all just came to accept that well, that's part of his thing. But when you got the chance to see it like eight times in a single game, it really is goofy. <laughs> like the fact that we just all decided, all right, well, I get like, how is that not coached out of him at any point? Like uh, the, the, I, I think they tried to comment- and then they, uh, I think there was a more exaggerated version of it than what it ended up becoming. So it, I think that that's a... What he's done for the last, you know, however many seasons has been a streamlined version of the original. But it's one of the great quirks of the game. Like it, it, watching Melbourne play the other night, still seeing, you know, Ben Brown like sprint back 95 metres every time <laughs> he part, takes a mark. To Richmond, Richmond train station to take his kid. <laughs> just like, I'll be back here, guys. <laughs> See you in a little bit. I've just got to go. I've got to go and get my Mikey card because I'm going out of zone one to like kick this ball. I love that. I think that's like quirky. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting too, like, but I wonder at what point in their junior development, like when when did Ben Brown bring the 50-metre yeah. run-up into his kick? Because he wouldn't have always been able to kick that far. So when he was, say, like, you know, under 14s, was it like a 30-metre run-up and then it just extended as he got older and his kicks got longer? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I must uh, – Daisy Pierce. Uh, said that he does it when the he, she she revealed uh, that when he's uh, playing with the <laughs> AFLW squad he still goes back and does his big run up when he's kicking the goal so he's committed to it and chews up all their time on the track <laughs> it's like come on mate I've only got limited time <laughs> well let's talk a little bit about uh, the Eagles opponents the Crows um, pretty uh, pretty diabolical week in the media I was actually surprised that they won that game I thought it was probably going to overwhelm them. It's one of those things like we all knew about the camp. We all had rumours. It's a bit like the Richard Gere gerbil kind of rumour. Like you sort of all yeah. heard it, but when you hear someone come out and confirm it, you're like, holy shit. Like it's just boggles the mind. This is how bad it is. Jared Waitley has been raging for days. Raging. So angry. Like you, you don't hear Jared Waitley get angry, but he has been so Mad, and I think there's obviously, you know, he's got a close friendship with uh, Eddie Betts since he started on the show. But did you see the Eddie Betts interview on 360? So Eddie Betts, can we just say this? Yeah. Like he was already going to be a legendary AFL name for the feats that he provided for us on the field and the spirit in which he played the game. Like Eddie Betts' legacy to AFL was already 
lock it in, complete, you know, like had done all that he needed to do. But this might be his biggest thing of all because this to me is an Adam Goods-esque moment and coming from Eddie Betts, the fact that he was like, no, I'm going to be the one who makes this statement and I will make it clearly and with empathy and with understanding um, but I will express exactly the hurt that was done to me and to other people. And then for that then to allow the opportunity for these other players to speak up, like for an Indigenous person to have the uh, capacity, the bravery, the um, knowing, you know, what comes with that. When, you know, mm. we've seen it now again when people stick up their their hand and uh, seem to be complaining in some sort of way, the reaction and the, you know, the race-based reaction that that can have. For Eddie to do that in the first place was incredibly brave, but then to see the opportunity it's provided for other people to tell their stories and how they were hurt by their experiences has just been incredible. But the the good grace with which he's handled the entire thing, he is a very, very impressive man. That's what, That's all I will say about Eddie Betts. That was my impression. It'd be amazing if you then came on and went, oh, I thought he was shit actually. I don't believe what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I reckon? Just play footy, mate. Just play yeah, footy. Just play footy. So where, what? where, where, where? You get played a lot of money, just play footy. Just play footy, mate. Why do we need to hear all these things? Anyway, someone touched you on your dick. What's the problem? I thought it was one of the most riveting interviews I'd ever seen precisely because the thing about Eddie that I think makes him such a compelling well, footballer, but also now, you know, football commentator is his honesty, you know. And this is a dude who has voluntarily put a target on his back to stand up for what he thinks is right yep. so many times over his career. You would forgive him for saying, you know what, you've, ha- you've had to cop so much shit in your career, just, you know, keep your head down. But he refuses to do it. And like you said, he does it in a way that shows complete empathy and understanding and willingness to forgive but he says, the thing that I found most compelling about what he said, and even um, Josh Jenkins the next day on the radio, they both made the point that, you know, the whole point of this, this camp was to build resilience and toughness and, you know, so they could take the next step. But this was a team that two years ago had their coach murdered senselessly, yeah. had made a prelim and then made a grand final. Like, does that not show resilience? Like, what was the thinking of the club that this group was somehow mentally fragile? And i got to say, I owe Josh Jenkins a re-evaluation as well because I always thought he was a bit of a dick, to be honest. Like, just, it, it just never, like, whatever I saw of him never really particularly gelled with me. But having listened to him this week and knowing now that he was, the, because it's very easy in retrospect to say, I would have stood up. I would have been the person in that situation to say, this is not right and like speak out against it. But you're in a group situation. You know that you've been put in a situation that is meant to test you. You know, that's the whole premise of the thing that you are on. For somebody to actually have like the bravery at the time, not just in retrospect, but at the time to be able to go, hey, this is not cool. This is not how this should be and speak up about it. I, I really admire that. Like I, I'd, I'd like to think that I would be that person, but I'm not 100% sure that I would be in that group environment. So I bravo to Josh Jenkins as well, I think. Um, let's move on to uh, the chokers of the not round, enough, Will. Not enough the- laughs in that topic for us. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, well, don't worry, I've got a funny clip to play right after that. <laughs> well, you know what the funny thing, can I just say this, if one little funny thing about the camp is 
Because yeah. for years we joked about the idea we'd heard the rumour that they like had to touch each oh, other on wait, the dicks. Wait, oh, wait, I'm something? just going to hold you up there. If, if, okay. you, if you're going to talk about uh, the, the sumo wrestling thing, okay, just cool. hold, hold your right. horses. Okay, I'm, my <laughs> horses, horses are being held. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm going, okay. all rogue. I'm going all rogue Robbo. I'm sorry. You're going all Robbo on me again. <laughs> uh, we'll just brief, we'll briefly touch on the chokers around, which are the dogs, okay. the blues and the saints. So give me your perspective on what happened with the dogs. Dogs aren't good enough. Um Oh, well, I don't cool. Think- That's what I was going to say about St Kilda. We're just not good. No. We're just not a good, not a good football team. Like we did what the dogs did. Yeah, we're fu- no, we can be, and I think you guys are mm. can be as well. I think both of our teams are capable of very good football, but we have a number of deficiencies that can be exploited by better teams. I just think, yeah, I'm not like I'm not all doom and gloom about the Bulldogs, is what I'll say because. There's so many opportunities for us to be better next year than we were this year. Like, there's a lot of reasons we weren't at our best this year. And, you know, like, man, Sam Darcy's going to be a footballer. Like, he was super impressive on debut. Like, took five intercept marks. Like, you know, had 10 possessions. Like, I thought played very, very well. Like, for... Bevo gave him nothing in the press conference. Like Bevo was so mm. pissed off about the result that he like like they asked him about Sam Darcy and I expected him to give him this glowing review. I was like, he played pretty well. And then Bevo's like, yeah, he got in the way a few times. <laughs> he got in the way a few times. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think the Bulldogs, like most likely now, it would take an absolute, we'd have to smash our last two games and then rely on teams losing to teams they should not lose to for us to make the finals. So the most Richmond-y result of all, Charlie, is that we make fun of Richmond and then Richmond finish eighth and your team and my team are going to finish ninth and tenth. <laughs> that is what's going to happen this season, I believe. Well, I just – I mean, I think most St Kilda supporters feel the same, which is like even if we did miraculously win the next two games by a huge margin and the other teams fall over, what are we, what are we realistically going to do once we get into the finals? Like it's just – we, we have been hovering. We're not a bad team, but we're not a great team. We're just mediocre, which is really, really frustrating. And I don't know I don't know if it's – I get the feeling that maybe Brett Ratton's a good coach, but maybe he needs better assistance because we seem to have no connection going forward. Like I think we need a new forward line coach or at least a rethink of what our strategy is because our only game plan seems to be pressure. Like, let's bring a lot of pressure, which I don't think is a game plan. It's just a fundamental of the game that you should bring regardless, you know, but you should also have strategy bit. The minute that our pressure drops off, we get pumped by good teams. So we're downhill skiers is what I'll say, Will. We are flat track bullies. Uh, the difference between the Bulldogs and Freo is Rory Lobb. So we're going to address that by getting Rory Lobb. <laughs> good <laughs> idea. That's our plan. Now, look, with our two teams on the slide, we can at least take some joy in knowing that Carlton are also on the slide. I've got a little oh. stat here, Will. Mm-hmm. If Carlton do indeed drop out of the eight on the last weekend of this season, yes. they'll be the first team to have been in, the final, in finals contention for every round except for the last one since Carlton in 1977. Oh, I mean... <laughs> That would be delicious. I think Carlton will win one. I mean, they. I watched that game yesterday. Well, they have to beat the first, Collingwood or Melbourne. The first three quarters, you would not have thought that they would beat like Collingwood or Melbourne. They, they would not have a chance. But the way they played in that final quarter, if they are, if they manage to bring that style of football for more than just half of one quarter, <laughs> then I think they're a chance. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that 
Look, I'm um, maybe I'm maybe it's just the the part of my heart that can't love Carlton wants them to lose. There was an incident in that game um, in which Paddy Cripps smashed Calamarchi. I'm not sure if you saw it. Calamarchi had to leave the ground with a pretty severe concussion. Now, I don't know if you've seen the size difference between Calamarchi and Paddy Cripps, but when you sort of take those things into account, yeah, I mean, you could maybe make an argument that Paddy Cripps could be going to the tribunal or at least, you know, expecting weeks. Uh, You know who doesn't have that view? Who? Michael Voss. (laughs) Oh. The fact he's gone off concussed and not come back on Oh, outcome-based, outcome-based. I I don't think he's there to cradle the person to the ground, is he? So, um, you know, it was unfortunate. We hope he's okay, Um, clearly. We have empathy in terms of that side of things, but, um, you know, we've also got to respect that the game's going to be evenly contested and that looked like an even contest to me. So, um, um, just unfortunately, um, one player had to come off. (laughs) Perhaps, don't ask. Michael Voss, who, you know, with the 2001 grand final, absolutely killed Scott Burns yeah. by flying into him like a bloody battering ram. Not I the best suge- judge. No, I would suggest that where Vossi sets his expectations around that are not necessarily where everybody else sets their expectations around that. You're right. And it's also that thing of, like, it's two guys going for a contest, yeah, but, like, one guy's built like a piece of string and the other one's built like a Sherman tank. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I think it's – this is just a classic example of I don't think that, like, Cripps did anything particularly wrong, right, like in his, like, attack at the contest or whatever. It was just one of those things that happens. But I still think that you probably get weeks for it. Like, I mean, I think yeah, that's just – that's what the game is now, right? Like, you have a duty of care yeah. and even if it was – I think mostly accidental. I don't think it's – like it's not one of those ones where he absolutely Malicious. lined him up and said, I'm going to – because, like, also no. – if that was your point, I mean, all due respect to Callum Archie, he's not the player from the opposition that you're like, if we get Archie, we've got this game yeah. back. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're going to line yeah. someone up and try to smash them out of the game, I'm not Archie's, yeah. not, Archie's the one who's got to go, guys. Yeah, it's not Mark Yates on Dermot Broughton in the 89 no. grand final, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys distract him and then I'm going to run straight through Callum Archie. <laughs> Now, Will, um, I'm going to have to lower the tone of the show oh. uh, if that's if that's possible. We said that last week potentially was um, tell it like it is round. Oh, yes. Well, I'm going to suggest that this round was the carry-on round. You're, you're familiar with the uh, bawdy British comedies of the oh, yeah. uh, 60s and 70s, the carry-on films. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of bits of things I noticed on the weekend. I don't know if it was the uh, this was a, a missive from the AFL or if it just was a coincidence. But um, here's a bit of uh, umpire uh, umpire commentary during the Collingwood-Melbourne game. Holding Cox! Or was no, he making no, was a comment the Adelaide about the Adelaide camp. camp? I believe it was a blur yeah. that was like the umpire weighing in on the Adelaide camp. Yeah, and then I heard this uh, bit of commentary from Joe Montagna talking about Marbio Chol. Yeah, he's one I think with, with Breeze, Marbio needs to allow for it more than others because his balls tend to sort of float through the air. <laughs> I mean, I think he's talking about his kicks, but still, it did catch my ear. So let's officially name uh, round 21 of this season the carry-on right. round. <laughs> and while we're on, while we're on commentary, uh, it's now time for our favourite segment, Brain Dwayne. Brain Dwayne. Now, look, Hamish McLaughlin uh, has gone quiet. Yes. I actually haven't noticed him. I don't know if he's doing the Commonwealth Games or something. but um, Yeah, I think so. Uh, I feel like Kelly Underwood has stepped up in the meantime to take some of Hamish's. Now, this is not, this is a bit nitpicky for me. This is, uh, 
This is her commenting on a bit of two-metre Peter action from the Essendon Giants game. Down low right. Well read. Had to get right down at his bootlaces. And when you're 200 and something centimetres tall, that is a long way to get down. It's a very long way to get down. It's a great take. Now, look, he's two metre Peter or he's nothing. He's not 200 something centimetres, Peter, is he? It's a good point. Either get it right. He's either 204 centimetre Peter or what? No, what is it? 203 centimetre Peter? But, or he is two metre Peter, but not two point whatever, Kelly. No, I, I agree. You can't yada yada what that is. Well, I think she was getting a bit bored during this game because uh, I think she forgot who the Giants were. Listen to what she had to say here. It's been seven consecutive goals to the orange team. (laughs) (laughs) The orange team. Go, you men in jumpers. Go, go orange team. (laughs) I'm here to support the orange team. Who do you go for? The orange team. There's there's a big, big sound from the orange team. Go the Protestants. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was hilarious. Um, but Dwayne, uh, yeah. a bit of controversy with Dwayne this week. What? Um, as we've sort of highlighted many times, he he was talking about Marbiol Chol earlier in the year. Mm. And what oh, was yeah. his claim, Will, about Marbiol Chol's crumb? Uh, crumb of the year. Well, during the Bulldogs game, he had something very controversial to say. Bruce had a chance at it, and Vandermeer, the crumb of all crumbs. The what? Right. The crumb so in the in the ranking of crumbs. crumbs. <laughs> so you've got what ranks higher? Is it the crumb of the year or the crumb of all crumbs? What what's what's better? You reckon? No, the crumb of all crumbs is ranks higher than the crumb of the year. Like the crumb of the year implies. There's a crumb of the year this year. There was a crumb of the year last year. There's going to be right. a crumb again next year. But the crumb of all crumbs, that's like the ultimate crumb. It's beyond well, the look, crumb having, of the year. Having not watched this game, mm. Will, but you would have seen it, yeah. I imagine the crumb of all crumbs, you could describe it in intimate detail. So what was the play that led to this crumb of all crumbs? Yeah, he, he kind of crumbed it. It wasn't that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> So pretty standard hyperbole there from Dwayne. Um, the winner of this week, though, was uh, nominated by a listener of ours, Nate. Um, this is from the same game, same player, Vandermeer, uh, laying a tackle in which he uh, spins a guy around twice. Amazing tackle, Vandermeer. He had him on the lazy season. He dragged him around twice. Remind me never to go to a Chinese restaurant with Dwayne Russell. If that's you're not meant to. What do you think you do with the lazy Susan? Get a spin up on the lazy Susan. It's not like a roulette table. You're not going to place exactly. your bets and then like spin it around, Dwayne. You're meant to gently move it around the table to move the dishes around. Uh, if it's like I, I, I feel like Dwayne, like you know, we've speculated that he has mm. he has some preloaded. Yes. Um, synonyms or analogies ready to go and he's just waiting for he's waiting for a way to apply it because I I did actually watch that clip and it wasn't there was nothing about it that was it just seemed like a standard bit of play it wasn't even like a particularly hard tackle at all it was just like Vandermeer was sort of following the ball and had his arms around the waist of his opponent but yeah 
Dwayne just had Chinese for lunch on the way to the. I, I feel like Dwayne. A lot of Dwayne's commentary is based on things that he just sees or observes on the way to the game. So I believe he's had Chinese food before the game, and he's just put a little bit of it into the commentary. Uh, I think you're right because he did it like about five minutes later said he's put it through the big chopsticks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, it's time for everybody's favourite segment, the Pocket Profile Pocket. Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Luckett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. And it seemed appropriate uh, that in an episode in which we have lauded the Collingwood Magpies, that we should take a look into the mind of one cheeky Jack Ginevan. Oh, man, yes, please. Okay, fantastic. I'm into this. Okay. okay. Are his answers cheeky? Uh, like, uh, like, would you describe surprisingly? This po- n- no, surprisingly earnest okay. is what I'll All say. Right. All right. Like, Good this clue. is more okay. So we've got two sides of cheeky Jack, right? We've mm. got silence in the crowd, cheering before he kicks a goal. That cheeky Jack, and then we've got sincere. This has been affecting my mental health. Life is hard, Jack. I would say this errs more on the sincere, earnest Jack. That's that that would okay. be my clue to you. So I don't know oh, how much good. you know of that side of Jack. I don't really, but um, it gives me a, a better setting for where my guesses might go. So that's good. I mean, well, he's not he's not cracking gags. He's not like uh, he's not he's not doing stand up. He's he's trying to be he's trying to give honest answers. Yeah. And some of those okay. answers are ridiculous. But it's, right, he's but trying to be honest. honest. Yeah, he's, they're yeah honest. he's not they're, saying they're they're honest and earnest. Would be my okay. All yeah. right. Okay. Uh, okay. So his favourite non-AFL sporting team. It is mm. an, an NBA team. Yes. Recent uh, champions. I think they won it mm, in the last. They've won it in the last five years. Okay. Not one of the big teams. In fact, not even uh, not even one of the the big cities in America. That is my. Point. Yeah, the, the Toronto Raptors. Correct. Toronto Raptors. Well done. That's good. Is that too much clue? Too much to me? Probably, but I was going to guess okay. the Toronto Raptors before you said the American thing, but that definitely locked it in. Okay. Does he go to games when the Pies are not playing? Hmm. No. Correct. Should the centre bounce be retained? Oh, interesting. Don't know. This is this is one of those ones that I absolutely don't know which direction to go with. But I'm just going to say. Oh, look, he's a really modern player. But again, I never I, I try to reason this one out and there is no reason to this one. So <laughs> here's what I am gonna do. I'm gonna say yes. Yes. Correct. Wow, this is I mean, it's appropriate that a, a player who's brought us so much joy this year, you should you should get him implicitly. You get him straight wow. away. All right. So his non-football wish uh, for 2022 is a message that was he shares a life view with Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> Oh, just to be happy and be to not happy. worry. He wants to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the not worry part, I, I think, yeah. just just to be happy. Implied, okay. but be happy. All right. Um, his scariest non-football moment could also be um, the opening scene or the first act of a of a supernatural horror film. He did something with some friends. Uh, he went to a cabin in the woods. He went into the woods. He went camping. He went. No, a specific. Uh, it's a specific satanic. Well, not satanic. Specific. Oh, he, uh, he, a Ouija board. He did a like a Ouija board. Like a Ouija board. Yeah. 
Do you think that he made a deal? That's why he's having such an outstanding season in the pies. Is it all related to Jack Ginevan getting on the Ouija board with his mates? He's made a deal with the devil, do you think? With the devil. Yeah. You'll get to be like a star of the AFL in your first season. However, in return, you will not get a head high free kick. (laughs) You'll just get (laughs) smashed in the face week after week after week. Your team will not win one statistical category. No. In a game, but, they but they'll win somehow win every game. <laughs> every game. <laughs> I think we've found it. I think we've nailed the secret to Collingwood's success. It's going to be, you know, how like clubs always follow this recent success of the last club that did it. So you'll be every team will just be getting the Ouija boards out in preseason this year. Well, this is it. Get a pentagram over Witten Oval. No more whiteboards. More Ouija boards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, who rules the roost in his house? Mm. Um, the clue here is that he lives with his parents still. So, uh, so I'm, I'm going to say mum. Oh, mate, you and Cheeky Jack. I reckon you guys would get on. I reckon you'd, you'd have a good time hanging out with Cheeky Jack. Uh, his favourite or most influential coach was a man called Danny O'Brien. Uh, where did he go to Auskick? Mm. This is a Victoria, rural Victorian town famous mm. for its lollies. Famous for its lollies. It's a gold rush town. Gold rush Victorian Castle town. Maine. Castle, ca, ca, Castle Maine or Castle Maine? What Don't do know. they say? All right. Don't know. What, what was the common report of his uh, theme of his school oh, report? Interesting. Now, it's not the common distracts mm. easily and easily distracted, which is a shock. I would have right. thought if there was one guy who was distracting others, it'd be Cheeky Jack. I, I, think, if, I think if opposition players were going to give – Jack Ginnivan a report it would be that he's easily distracted and distracts others like I think he's grown up into that but that wasn't what he was like at school apparently he basically just gives a, a, a mark he was he commonly received a mark he commonly yeah so received. like you know A, B, C, D what do you what do you think what kind of student do you think he was <sighs> I mean, look. Let's just say it's a good thing he found football. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I was going to say. Like, I mean, I, okay. I'd say in most cases, like you normally very much if one of the footballers has done really well at school, you know about that because that get that that's the exception to the rule. That's the thing that gets written up. You know, he's also studying to be a blah, blah, blah or whatever. Like, you know about that. And I have heard a lot about Jack Ginnivan this season. And it hasn't come up that he was also incredibly academically gifted. So I'm just going to say F. Oh, D plus. D plus. Ah. But you're in the right ballpark. Did he have a part-time job while he's at school? Interesting. Um, I normally say no and the answer is normally yes. Um, I assume he grew up in Castle Maine. Maybe if he played junior football there. Uh, mm. Could have a job in the country. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. He did. Where did he work? Again, common teenage yeah. environment. Not a paper round, but one no, of the other so common ones. Fast food or Coles, basically. Fast food or supermarket, right? Yeah, well, he worked at the IGA. He was a checkout. Okay, yeah. He was a checkout dude at the <sighs> IGA. What kind of checkout do you think Cheeky Jack was doing? Do you think he was like making gags as he's like swiping your, your produce? Man, that's, and why stuff? He's, that's why he's got such quick hands. Yeah. It's all that time on that, swiping the groceries, and getting him out. in the bag. This is good training. Uh, best storyteller at the Pies, young young forward. Um, Sorry, what was, Henry. what was the Ollie Henry? Oh, the best, story, best storyteller. Okay, Ollie Henry. 
Ali Henry, um, who is the best social outing organizer at your mm. club? This surprised me because I'm I'm surprised this guy would still be going to social events. Okay, an elder statesman. Uh, so, um, so we, we, okay. Well, Collingwood, you got some options when you say elder statesman. So it could be Scott Pendlebury, mm. it could be Steel Sidebottom, it could be um, who else is older at the Pies? Um, is it one of those two? Is it Pendlebury or Sidebottom? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is it Scott Pendlebury? Yes. Does that surprise you? I just yes. Scott and the like, only reason I said it was because out. you said it would surprise me, and so I went with the one that yeah. would surprise <laughs> me more. So yes. Okay. Who's the most tech savvy teammate? And this okay. really shouldn't be a surprise because this dude has exploded all over social media in the last like year. Has a lot of things going on. Mason Cox. Mason Cox, correct. Uh, uh, which teammate should run for political office in the future? Again, this does not surprise me. We consider his pedigree. Uh, has a name his... like a politician. Oh, okay. So not Mason Cox. Uh, <laughs> 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 now, this dude does have a pedigree, looks mm. and speaks very well. Like he, he's, he's, a, he's a natural leader, one of their young leaders. Okay. Um, one of their young leaders... Yeah. Uh, Just signed a big contract, I think, at the end of last year or the start of this year. Darcy Moore? Darcy Moore. <laughs> My next clue was going to be I abused him in front of his father. Yeah. Rate your cooking skills from one to five. Mm. He gives a decimal point answer, so something and a half. Okay. Um, four and a half. One and a half. Ah, oh, damn it. Uh, his best dish, it's a stir fry. Just what kind of stir fry? Uh, chicken. Chicken stir fry. Chicken stir fry. Now, this is the most interesting answer, I think, of the entire pocket profile. So I've said in previous episodes that it's amazing how many footballers have blown up barbecues. <laughs> so this is almost like the opposite of setting fire or blowing up a barbecue. It's not... It's not just the opposite in terms of the blowing up, but it's also opposite in terms of the cooking implement. So, okay, <laughs> sort of opposite. Like it's another, it's another thing you used to cook. A microwave. He did something to, to do with the microwave. microwave. Yes, that's correct. Ding. But what did he do to the microwave? And it's bizarre. And I still it's the don't opposite know how of do this. blowing something up, yeah. uh, or setting fire to something. Flooded it. Like he flooded the he microwave. He flooded a microwave. <laughs> In what scenario are you flooding a microwave? Well, he's probably boiling something, right? Like he was, like he didn't Milo? put some, he didn't put plastic or whatever over the top of whatever he was heating up, and it's like boiled everywhere, volcano style. And yeah, by that, I mean that's not flooding, an actual me. volcano. I don't mean cane corns. I mean, <laughs> is he a golf or tennis or neither guy? Mm, interesting. Neither. He is a tennis guy. Has he ever used Dr. Google to diagnose an injury or an illness? Mm, yes. Uh, no. Oh, Jeez, you're really? The back end, you're really running into trouble. Can Cheeky Jack keep a secret? Very honest answer here. No. Correct. His idea of a perfect day, he just gives a single location. Beach. God, this is, I mean, you are Cheeky Jack. I mean, like, I, reckon, I know people talk I honestly, about. Honestly, you've given me some good clues today, but I think if we go back, 
I think I've got more correct answers in this pocket profile than I ever have. I, I think that I, yeah, like, I from think my so. feeling, I feel like I've got more at least correct or close to the pin than I ever have before. This I'm also not giving this you surprise these really... good clues. You're, you're in good form today. Don't get me wrong. You're... Yeah, but it's because I'm not giving you bizarre cryptic puns and wordplays to try and determine the answer. I, I'm not um, claiming victory for myself. I, this is definitely a team effort. But I am saying we're having a good pocket profile. <laughs> <laughs> what is something he's most proud of? Uh, this is something that Destiny's Child were also very proud of. Uh, that he's independent. He's independent. Um, what's his biggest fear? This would probably be, I, I would rank in people's top three phobias. Uh, oh, sorry. So what I say is this would be, I reckon, like a top three most common phobia. People, yeah, so uh, death height spiders, one of those ones. Is it one of those claustrophobic? His claustrophobia, claustrophobia. okay, yeah, right. Um, the biggest compliment you've ever received. Now, again, another bizarre answer. I don't know Mm. if this is the one time Cheeky Jack's been cheeky. He said that he was told he was good at a specific, I wouldn't say it's a sport, it's more of a, a lawn recreation. A lawn recreation. A lawn that he was good at. Because so lawn bowls yeah, is too much because was... that's a real sport. Like yeah. it's got to be some sort of like, you know, yeah. coits it's, or It's normally associated like, with like garden parties and yeah. like, you know. Like bocce or um, coits or <laughs> like. <laughs> a bit more, bit more like hoity-toity. Uh, croquet, but he's good at croquet. croquet. He's a surprisingly he's good, good croquet, croquet player. Yeah. Now that's cheeky Jack being cheeky, right? There's no yeah, way that anyone's so. ever told him he's good at croquet. I mean, maybe. Uh, if he could play an instrument, what would it be? The skin flute. <laughs> the skin guitar. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. The skin no, bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> what series are you binge watching? Um, uh, well, uh, my hint is uh, Megan Markle. Uh, suits. And the best movie of all time is no one's best movie of all time. Um, if uh, if Bailey and Isaac, <laughs> if Bailey, yeah, and, oh, no, Smith, so sense Smith and Smith, something about the Smiths, yeah. uh, Mister and Mrs. Mis- Smith. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Okay, great. I realise that one's on Mr. and Mrs. All right. That is the pocket profile for this week. Let's yes. quickly dip into the mailbag uh, before we say goodbye and uh, tell people that they can go to tofop.com to check out our other great podcasts. We have one called Tofop, which is like this, with a bit less footy talk. And we have another one called Fofop, where Will and I take it in turns to chat to various guests. Who's on Fofop this week, Will? Justin Hamilton with another Hamofop. A very fun chat. Uh uh, recorded before he was meant to be doing uh, support for my uh, final Willogical show the other night. He had to pull out, unfortunately, because he had a cough and an indeterminate test. So, um, But that episode of Fofop is up and well worth listening to. Okay, this is from Mitty. says, Charlie, is Dugowie the answer for St Kilda and where does that leave Collingwood without him? He was good on Friday night. He was I think good, Collingwood actually. would be fine without him. Yeah. I do not think he is the answer for no. St Kilda. We, our issue is, is leadership. And if there's yeah. of all Jordan Goey's gifts, I don't think leadership is 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 one of them. No. Um, so I hope we don't get him. But you know, who knows? Fucking hell. Uh, Mork says of the current top eight, which team winning would be the best story? Well, that's pretty easy. Collingwood, do you mean? Collingwood, yep, yeah, definitely. 
think so. Geelong. I think Geelong's a good story after all this time of being thereabouts and not getting there. If Geelong actually yeah. managed to win one again, like if Chris Scott can bookend, you know, that decade of success that he's had with the premiership at both ends of it, I think that that's, that's a pretty huge story. But you're right. I think Collingwood, I, if you talk about that idea that a, t- a, a season has a team and that team that team's yeah. story becomes the story of the season, at the moment, without a doubt, that story to me is Collingwood for sure. Yeah, the, out of the final four, Collingwood would be the story. Mm. Out of the, anyone out of the bottom four, if like Frio or the Bulldogs or Richmond were to win it from the bottom four, that would be another great story. Uh, John says, I had a dream that Patrick Dangerfield was decapitated during play. What would the sports headlines be the next day if that actually happened? Um, danger, low, no, danger. Oh, danger, lowbrow. Danger lowbrow? Well, that's, there's, you know, danger highbrow, danger lowbrow, and his head's oh, yeah. been cut off. So his brow is now very low. Uh, Brett says, if Jared knows about Will's Richmondy, mm. do you think he also knows about your theory that he wants to eat Robbo's brains? I don't think that Jared's <laughs> ever listened to two guys. No, I cup. think he saw I the media Jared reports. Just reads the papers. Of, yeah. for, of this, but yes, that would be great. He, like, if he started mentioning that as well, if he's like, according to uh, Will Anderson, I want to eat. I want to eat you, Robbo. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Robbo? Oh, you know, oh, you know, oh, I'm sick of it. <laughs> um, Sammy J, bit of interesting, interesting uh, info, says, I've worked out what Cameron Ling's recent heel turn has yeah. come from. He's now calling games with Mick Malthouse on the radio on oh, Friday night. It was it like is. they were competing over who could be the most curmudgeonly. That makes total sense. Yeah. He's absorbed Mick Malthouse's curmudgeonliness. Yeah, he's an empath. Uh, uh, so April says, so the team I support isn't going to win the grand final. My second team isn't even going to make the final. So now I'm going to watch Essendon because they're prettier than everyone else. Is that true? Mm. Uh, Essendon the prettiest? I think I think Bailey Smith makes the bu- bulldog. Like he, he makes all the bulldogs better looking. Caleb Daniels. Good he's looking. so hot. He makes. Who? Caleb Daniel. Caleb Daniel's so good looking that he needs he to cover his... He's oddly good looking. But he's you, oddly but you never see his face. No. He's like, the, he's like the man in the iron mask. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know actually what he looks like. Uh, just a couple off the Insta, Will. Um, Dan is saying, I feel strange. I kind of don't mind that Collingwood might actually win it. Yeah, look, we, we feel the same. This is uncharted territory for all of us. Um, while she says, can Charlie explain St Kilda's bold move not to kick a goal in the third quarter? Um, we're just following the Bulldogs template, I think. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, let's not try after half time. Um, and Keegs finally says, will Jaden Stevenson's ears ever stop glowing red after that kick into Buddy? Yikes. Yeah. Did you see that little clanger? I did. That, that was, I mean, that was not great. But that was, oh, you know what we didn't talk about is Brisbane. And, like, it didn't even get mentioned in the commentary, but I don't know if you saw the Brisbane game, but Joe Danaher, like, went to take a specky and the ball smashed him in the head. Like, it was the most (laughs) Joe Danaher thing I've ever seen. It was literally like he was up on someone's shoulders and then the ball just smashed him in the face. And, like, the commentators didn't even back over it. I was like, did we not all just see what happened? He tried to take a specky and it smashed him in the head. 
I think it just, it feels so Joe Danaher. Yeah. There's no need to commentate on it. Did you see the uh, Falcon where Todd Goldstein just got the oh ball kicked into his face like from about two metres away and it bounced like 40 metres into the air. It's so hard. Mate, I am going to, I'm going to be like that free Britney guy. Like I'm going to be like, leave Goldie alone. He's suffered enough. Yeah. Don't kick the football <laughs> into his face. <laughs> All right, that is two guys, one cup for another week. Thank yes. you, everyone, uh, for tuning in. Remember, we do our tips Instagram live every Thursday afternoon and we'll be back again next week to commiserate about how bad our teams are but enjoy the rise of teams like Collingwood. Uh, but for now, play on, not 15. Bo. We are two guys, one cup. Listener.